Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. Some of you know that this is not an altogether rare occurrence that I worked a long time on a really good message, well-framed, lots of you know, visual, auditory, and kinetic ways to learn, and orderly and flowing and so forth. And then I have it all prepared, and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that's awesome, but here's what I want you to do. <laughs> and so that's this morning. And I'm calling this uh, message, it's the same title, if we could put that first slide up, um, on and in, on Pentecost Sunday, but this is the new unplugged version, like the old days of MTV. (laughs) Unplugged. This is just going to be straight up, I'm supposed to just talk to you from my heart, and from my testimony, and from my experience about Pentecost. We're going to see Pentecost from an entirely different side or facet or way than you maybe have ever seen it before. So let me just frame up Pentecost first. Around this time, around 2,000 years ago, I should say. Well, let me put it this way. How many of you remember Easter 2022? Easter this year? Yeah, so that was 50 days ago. And two days before that, we commemorated the uh, crucifixion of Jesus the Christ, right? So on this day that we now commemorate, it wasn't this day actually in history, who cares? Um, Jesus had been crucified, dead, buried, descended into hell, rose again from the grave, was resurrected in the front of many witnesses, defeated the devil, defeated sin, defeated the grave, defeated iniquity, defeated death. If you've been around me before, you've heard me say this. It's the most important event in history. And in my view, ever will be. So he comes back, he walks through a wall, he's with these 11 disciples, and then he walks out in public, having resurrected from the grave for 40 days. In other words, six sets of seven since he was killed. Six is a significant number in the Bible. Seven is an incredibly significant number in the Bible. And when you put six sevens together, it means even more. So, so here, you, do you know where we're at now? We're, we're at about 2,000 years ago. Jesus is killed, resurrects, been walking around and discipling the disciples and making public appearances and all those kinds of things for 40 days. 40 <coughs> is an incredibly significant number in the Bible. It's always about Exodus. It's always about a from and a to. 
40 is always about a transition and a transformation. 40 days. So they're in the upper room. And um, well, actually, I don't know where they are at this point. They're in Jerusalem. <laughs> and uh, the Bible records. See, I don't even have this printed out. This is just from. The Bible records it this way. This is Acts chapter 1, starting at verse... I made my font bigger. He presented himself alive to them, the disciples, after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, Jesus says, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So now we complete seven sevens, 49 days, seven sevens. Oh, is that ever significant? Wish I had time, but you don't, for me to, to go into that. So now we're at day 50, day one after seven sevens. And here's what happens. We're now going to go to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Penta cost, Penta is 50, cost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit came on them, and it came in them. That's very significant. Let me tell you why. There were many appearances of Holy Spirit upon people before that day. Moses, Abraham, the prophets prophesying, miracle signs, wonders, donkeys that talked, you name it. Lots and lots of appearances of Holy Spirit upon people. Before Abraham, there was never any chance of that. Abraham was to father a nation of people to be blessed. But before Moses, not even the people of Abraham, had access to the Holy Spirit or to walk with God. Moses, at God's command, brought the law. The law gave rise to the judges and the prophets and the wisdom literature and so forth. Yet still, the Holy Spirit could come upon, but he couldn't come in, you and me. Therefore, <laughs> we get off in the weeds. Therefore, we take the wrong road. 
Therefore, we would follow after temptation, follow after ego, time and time and time again. The Israelites, our forebears. So, the Lord would send his prophets to speak to the nation. And he would lovingly but very firmly warn them. How many have ever heard of the prophet named Isaiah? He was about 2,700 years ago. And the book of Isaiah opens with God telling Isaiah to tell the tribe of Benjamin, you are seriously messing up. So let me see if I can find that. I'm going to read it to you out of the message translation. Just a few verses, not the whole first chapter, because the whole chapter is fascinating. He says, this is the Lord speaking, My people have walked out on me, their God. They've turned their backs on the holy of Israel. They've walked off and they've never looked back. Why bother even trying to do anything with you when you just keep to your bullheaded ways? You keep beating your heads against brick walls. Everything within you protests against you. Everything within you protests against you. From the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, nothing's working right. Wounds and bruises and running sores, untended, unwashed, unbandaged. Your country is laid waste. Your cities burned down. Your land is destroyed. And he goes on and on and on. <laughs> and then this is verse 10. Quote, Listen to my message, you Sodom-schooled leaders. Receive God's revelation, you Gomorrah-schooled people. Why this Frenzy of sacrifices, God's asking. Don't you think I've had my fill of burnt sacrifices, rams and plump grain-fed calves? Don't you think I've had my fill of blood from bulls, lambs, and goats? When you come before me, whoever gave you the idea of acting like this, said the emphasis on the wrong syllable, running here and running there, doing this and that, and all this sheer commotion in the place, Provided for worship. And here's what I really wanted to get to. Quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. Monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. Meetings for this and meetings for that. I hate them. You've worn me out. I'm sick of your religion, religion, religion. While you go right on sinning. When you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how long or how loud or how often you pray, I'll not be listening. And do you know why? Because you've been tearing people to pieces and your hands are bloody. Go home and wash up. Clean up your act. Sweep your lives clean of your evil doings so I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Work for justice. And he goes on and on and on and on. I would submit to you that some of what culture is tired of is are similar things today. The only way that those people could fix it was out of their own will. Change their behavior. 
They didn't have the internal ability or the witness of the Holy Spirit to come into a new way of thinking and a new way of acting. Didn't have access to it. I was going to read to you from Amos chapter 5, starting at about verse 24 from the message. I don't need to. The Holy Spirit says, you get it. Amos is another prophet who tells the nation of Israel, I'm so sick of your... Uh, remember, it's love. He wants fellowship with his kids. But I, I'm really... I just... What, he goes, he goes into quite a bit of detail about y'all think you're doing grand with your conferences and your uh, ceremonies and all the things that you do and all that. And at the very end of there, the, prof, the prophet Amos says, when was the last time you worshipped me? So this has been going on for Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Does that make sense? The importance of Pentecost is twofold. Today, we will not be focusing on the upon, the on, the upon. Usually on Pentecost, I look back at the messages I've taught about Pentecost before, and there's been several of them, and I look back over the several hundred messages I've taught here and other places. And I've never taught the following before. I've, ne- I've never even... I think it's come into season um, for a lot of reasons. Today we're going to focus on the in, the in of Pentecost, the within aspect of Pentecost. He came upon them with power. Massive, massive power. That sound like a mighty rushing wind? If you... Sp- read the source languages, probably was heard around the world. It was that huge. He came on them with tongues like fire that settled on them. Power. Fire. What we don't often talk about. He came in them. Now, let's not get off on a tangent on speaking in tongues. Yes, it's a Holy Spirit gift. There are two kinds. A public tongue that can be spoken in a gathering like this, but it always comes with interpretation. And the second is, and that's for public edification. That's to build up, to edify, to comfort, to encourage the body. It's a corporate tongue. Make sense? And then there's there's the spiritual language of private tongues. Many people in this room have that. Some people don't. Who cares? Just you and the Holy Spirit, that's all. It's not like it's a dividing line. I'm cool, you're not, because I have tongues and you don't. You can come in because you speak in tongues. You can't because you don't. No, God never orchestrated it that way. He never architected that. In fact, the Bible says that the private tongue is for personal edification. When we talk, sing, speak in tongues in an orderly fashion, in an appropriate environment. It's to build up ourselves. Now, think about everything I just said about the thousands of years of the Israelites, the law, and the prophets. 
they had no means to self-edify. They couldn't make themselves more like Jesus. That's what edification means. It doesn't mean to make your ego bigger, or your dress prettier, or your credit cards with a higher limit. It means to make you more Christ-like. That's why the Bible highlights this. Pentecost within is all about re-architecting, re-engineering, renovating me to become more like Christless and more like Christ and to have the ability and the means to do it. Now we still good? Yes? Did you know that Jesus went through Pentecost? Oh, not the 150 days after his resurrection, but think about it. Matthew chapter 3. John's baptizing. Here comes Jesus. Jesus goes down in the water. Comes back up. The heavens tear open. Tear open. Same root word as the mighty sound. Sound like a mighty rushing wind. Same root word. Probably heard around the world, in my opinion. The Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, descends upon Jesus. Right? We learned that in Sunday school? Then what happens next? After Jesus says, you need to start thinking in a whole new way because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What happens next? He immediately goes where? Wilderness. How long? 40 days. Why? To become totally purified. To... to pass every test to confront Satan on earth and I need to say this appropriately John tender ears will hear this someday defeats Satan in the argument and in the debate completely renders him powerless spouting and quoting the scriptures of God how does he do that the Holy, of course, he's been trained for 30 years, but the Holy Spirit is inside of him. He knows exactly what to say and how to say it and what scriptures to use and what emphasis to put on what syllable. And the devil is rendered 100% invalidated. Yes, in every respect, according to the book of Hebrews, the Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ experienced everything we did and is just like us in every way, including having gone through an advanced form of what we now call Pentecost. His resurrection made Pentecost possible. The enemy was defeated. But it made more than that. Do you know what else it made? It made holiness possible. It made being separated unto the Lord our God possible. It made possible us being a Jesus freak. It made possible us becoming weirdos. A hundred percent backed by heaven. People who are 
in the world, absolutely, and not of it. People who are among everybody else, like normal, like natural, and not with them. Among, not with. People. who love people ridiculously and love them so much that the Lord changes them. People who love people and are not like them. That's what it made possible. Ascension, when Jesus ascended, it's in the book of Acts, that first chapter I read on, the, on day 40, Ascension made possible, it sealed the deal, because Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, having completed his mission. Now, I think I'm supposed to tell you something here. I've studied revivalists a lot. And you can, you know, let me just name a few. Uh, let's start with John Wesley. Let's start. Well, let's start with the 12, 12 apostles. But then, you know, like the, the likes of John Wesley, or the Second Great Awakening with Charles Finney, Charles Finney, or the Welsh Revival, or the Browns Revival, or the um, Toronto Blessing Revival, or the Brownsville Revival, and so forth and so forth. John G. Lake, Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Semple McPherson, on and on and on and on. Honor. Honor, honor, honor. Many of them finished well. Many more did not. Their lives took a left turn. They fell. How many leaders are we reading about lately who have fallen, backslidden, even gone so far as to lose, as to leave the faith. Because this is being recorded, and I don't want to tarnish anyone's name any more than it's already being tarnished, there's uh, how many high-profile leaders in churches who have done so much good in the world are now being doubted and smeared and diminished because their senior leadership failed, whether it's through sexual immorality flat-out immorality, financial misdoings, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. Wonderful things they have done. Wonderful prophetic voices. Wonderful healing ministries. Whose reputation is now sullied. Therefore, the reputation of the Lord. is you know Those Christians. Those church people. I submit to you it's at least in part because they have not allowed Pentecost within. They've not taken advantage of Pentecost within. Sometime back, several years ago, I was awakened in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, with an eight-word sentence. That's all. Just an eight-word sentence. Boom! 
heard it. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Couldn't go back to sleep. Had no idea what that meant. Didn't even know it was in the Bible. I'm sure I've read it before. Of course I have. But I didn't recognize it. That set me on a quest that I've been on for several years now. And uh, long story short, I uh, began to realize that it was really all about the centrality and the supremacy of Jesus. If you've been hanging around me in the last few years, you're good, you've heard a lot about that in one way or another. It caused me to really stop and think and try to find who were some leaders who absolutely understood and ministered from the centrality and the supremacy of Jesus. And I came across names like A.W. Tozer. I had previously read every sermon that Charles G. Finney ever preached, and uh, reread several of those. I uh, really went hard after Theodore Austin Sparks, T. Austin Sparks, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful leader named Watchman Nee. Has anybody ever heard of any of those names? Yeah, I, I, no, I'm sorry that you haven't. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry. Yes, they're all old-timey. Yes, their books and their writings and their sermons are not, don't speak in today's natural language, but I hope you'll go read some of those because those were real revivalists who had Pentecost within completely changed every area they influenced with fruit that remains today, and they finished well. They finished very well. So a few people very near and dear to me within the last several weeks or months, but particularly within the last several days, have heard this like, I don't know, like five times. Just, I feel like these are leaders that we know very, very well. I don't know. I just feel like something's really shifting. I just, I'm I'm just pulled toward the deeper, the deeper of God, the deeper things of God. I just like, and this word holiness keeps coming up. And, you know, we think of Pentecostal holiness, which is, for those of you who are church experienced, that's not what we're talking about. That's a whole different world. No, the holiness, the set-apartness, the, the I am yours. No plan B. I am. I want all the way. I want everything you have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive, swan dive into you. I don't even know what that looks like, I hear them say. I don't know if it looks like more time with you. I, all I know is I'm being drawn, drawn, drawn into the deepness of God. And words that Describe it are things like purity, like um, set apart, like well, all those words I just said. I don't know if anybody in the room is filled, is, is pulled toward the majesty, the mystery, the wonder, the deepness, the intimacy, the authority, the power, the the irresistible magnetism of an unending God who we can truly know personally and who can truly, in a wonderful, beautiful way, wreck 
renovate and revitalize our lives. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if that's you, please listen to the rest of this, because there are many who are out there leading the way right now. Before, as we're, as if you got here when worship started, <clears throat> I mentioned a man named Joel Taylor. Joel Taylor was the CEO who was hired 13 years ago to build a major music brand that has gone on to completely influence culture with praise and worship and Christian music. Massively successful endeavor against unspeakable odds, and it involved many, 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 many. There was a vision, and Joel Taylor executed it. He just resigned from a major well-known church. Many of you in this room know it well. Worldwide influence, massive influence. You know why? Quote, I, 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 I just want to pursue the deeper things of God. They'd had some miracles in their family that totally just... They had some upon in their family that was absolutely miraculous and almost unbelievable. And now he wants the in. Now he's pulled toward the within of Pentecost. So let me just run through some slides real quick because I, I wouldn't be doing my duty if I didn't share some things about a little more of this. So next slide, please, Debbie. The Holy Spirit on. Tongues of fire sound like a mighty rushing wind. These are the gifts. These are the things that, that bring power. The scriptures are cited up there and the, and the Holy Spirit gifts are listed. Um, you're welcome to take a picture of this. I can post it on the JC Family Connection page. This is, these are the apons that arrived at Pentecost. That make sense? Yes? Awesome. Now, I tried to come up with some descriptors of the withins. Next slide, please. This is what, at Pentecost, power was given to you and me. When we say yes to the Lord being the Lord and King of our lives, when we make him truly the Lord of our lives, and we're reborn from above, it's my belief, it's our doctrine, that you are instantly filled with every gift available. Now, when that gift is activated, and to what degree, depends on the Lord and what time and circumstance. Sometimes your gift of helps or your gift of mercy is strong. And, this, and the wind of the heaven is behind you. Sometimes your gift of evangelism is strong. Rarely in my case, but occasionally. That kind of makes sense? It'll... Alright. Sort of like a... No, it isn't. That diminishes it. So be quiet, John. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> in order to have the gifts that 
the Holy Spirit has given us, we must steward them well. We must not abuse them. We must follow them, use them at the Spirit's command and direction, and only then. And yet they need to be exercised too. They will wither. They will atrophy. The Holy Spirit says, well, you know, if you're not going to use it, okay, I'm a gentleman, but we're going to we're going to attenuate it. We're going to turn the volume down, the gain down. The within gift is that if you see somebody who's really seasoned at this and mature in the Lord, you will see a nice blend or balance given the situation, given the needs of grace and truth. Yes, we're going to get you out of that mud hole. But if you're going to be so stupid as to get back in it, that was a little harsh, huh? Sorry. The man at the beautiful gate, the man at the gate, 38 years. Jesus walked by him hundreds of times. Walked by him. It wasn't until Peter walked through the gate because apparently the dude wasn't ready. Too much, too often, we begin to celebrate the gifts a little bit too much over and above the giver. Too much, too often, it's very tempting as a leader. It's very tempting to read your own press. It's very, it's very tempting to let these gifts, as the Holy Spirit trusts us with them, and they flow and stuff happens and lives change. It's very tempting to begin to take credit for that, to begin to let it, because the enemy loves this. He loves to get in and let it build your ego. A hundred percent of Holy Spirit gifts are not even for me. They're to build up others, to edify the body, the Bible says. There are no Holy Spirit gifts or ministry that don't align completely with Scripture. If you're not in your, if you're not in the Word, but you have strong giftings, you put yourself at risk and others. If they're not scriptural based, Holy Spirit does that for you. He helps us see Scripture in whole new ways. Helps us reveal. He reveals the Scriptures to us in such a way that we go, oh, oh, and it changes our character. It changes our thinking. Gifts ministry always point to, points to Christ and the glory always goes to God. Always, 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 always. Why don't people exercise and use the gifts? Why don't they try them out? Because there's this, one of the biggest reasons is there's this question of what if it doesn't work? We said some strong stuff this morning about a young teenager lying in a hospital bed in Salt Lake City right now. We made some strong statements. At the end, we sang a song that said, rattle, rattle, dry bones come alive. And there are a number of people in this room who had that young man in their mind. And we just want to scream it and yell it, come alive, come alive. But what if, what if, what if we begin to look foolish? What if I lay hands on that sick person and they don't recover? What if I command sight to be 
the sword and then happen? What if I say a prophetic word of wisdom about somebody and it's utterly wrong or rejected? Here's the cool thing. It's not outcome dependent. Our duty is to do what he says in the way he says to do it. And only that. And then let that person and the Holy Spirit be responsible for the results. Once you minister it, and you've done it correctly, you know, in in alignment, because you have the power of Holy Spirit within, you're out. The outcome is not on you. So if I'm all worried about that, who am I worshiping? Is there a little idolatry in the mirror? My insecurity? Mm. No, no, no. We love and we trust the Lord. The Lord. But knowing that, it also also brings such a high duty of care. We, We don't be chicken. We cross the chicken line even if we think we're wrong. If we sense the Spirit said to do it. But we don't rush past the chicken line if there's a yellow light or a red light. Is that a good way to put it? I already said those other phrases. I've been keeping track the last, oh, four or five days since I knew this message was coming. Something like it, anyway. Not the one that so beautifully designed. <laughs> and I've just been tracking the number of, we sometimes we call them God winks, where the Holy Spirit has just, it's just amazing how things all work together. And I'll just give you a couple examples that happened this week, and maybe just two that just recently happened. I, we came in last night for the Sikh gathering, and I don't know why this I'm not even, I see, because I wasn't around church for a lot of years, so I don't know hymns. I, I ran from churches that did hymns. I'm not proud of that. But Come Thou Font was in my head. And I, sometimes I can play by ear and not have to read music. In fact, I can't read music. So I, uh, I stood up at the keyboard. I just started pick, plunking out, thinking out. Come now, fun. Okay, that's that chord, that's that chord. And I played it. And I just happened to, I just happened to say, Does anybody know why I'm playing Come Now, Font? And the person said, No, I don't have any idea. It's just, I know that I've been singing it all week. And this is a young person who you'd never think, looking at this person, even knows hymns. (laughs) Turns out this person does. Uh, Let's see another one. That whole thing about raise a hallelujah, that was orchestrated probably a week ago. The Lord knew what was coming. At Seek last night, everything that happened at Seek last night ties in with this. I had a couple of different occasions this week when I just sort of sensed, no, take that path. And I ended up not having to spend an eternity on I-80 between here and Reno because the wreck was over there. On and on and on and on and on. 
and we had some healings this week. See, the heart of the heart cry of the nations is for Christ. They don't know it. They wouldn't admit it because they don't know how to say it. Because the Bible says, until you're saved, until you're born again, you're blind to it. You're blind to the. You can't even see it. They don't know that's their heart cry. I sure didn't know that was my heart's cry. <laughs> the heart cry of the nations is Christ. Heart cry of the United States of America is Christ. And Christ-like people. The heart cry of the Father is the exact same thing. Next slide, please. So, my friend T. Austin Sparks, another little Holy Spirit thing, only it's a big Holy Spirit thing. These people who I've been talking to that have said, I just feel like Something's shifting, and, I, and I've just got to—I've just—I've got to go into the deeper things of God. I read about Joel Taylor, who's really well-known CEO of a really well-known music label, Christian music label. Says, "I just—I'm going to resign this beautiful position. It's been awesome. I can't even believe how wonderful a ride it's been. Because I got to go get the, the deeper things of God, the Pentecost within." So I'm reading this book by T. Austin Sparks, as is often my want. I read books and writings by these old-timey dudes because of the centrality and supremacy of Jesus the Christ. And uh, I run across that my wife and I are talking about this phenomenon about, phenomenon about how leaders are being pulled this way. <laughs> I open the book and the, the next chapter in my book, I'm 80-some percent of the way through the book, is holiness and the prophet. And these statements are in this chapter. I love this guy. He's one of my best friends who died long before I could ever meet him. <coughs> I'm going to read them out loud. Many want the coming upon because they want to feel the power, feel themselves taken up, manipulated and moved. There has been a great deal of that sort of thing which has not carried with it an inward correspondence. But the Lord's end can never be reached fully while there is any lack of true consistency between the purposes of God and the life of the people called to that purpose. Just read Ephesians chapter 4, the first few verses. Just read 1 Peter 4. That's exactly what those beautiful apostles are talking about. Oh, I do beg of you to have continuous dealings with God on this matter of the indwelling spirit not just for purposes of service or power, but for purposes of life. So we see that he came upon to possess for the purpose of God, and he came within to see that everything in the inner life corresponded to that purpose. So Pentecost this year. You want to know more about the Holy Spirit? I put a giant handout out there on JC Family Connection Facebook page that goes through who he is, what he's like, what his gifts are, why he's around, what he'll do, his nature, his whole thing. You can spend the next six months reading those scriptures and learning that handout. That's the upon piece, and that's the nature of him, and it has within within it. So I didn't bankrupt you this morning. I didn't leave you high and dry with learning about 
the person of Holy Spirit. It's out there. And as a bonus for no extra charge, I put a handout on JC Family Connection Facebook page of 100 Bible verses quoted verbatim about Holy Spirit. So on Pentecost, yes, there is a worldwide hunger to learn about Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does. So the typical sermon, which I've given lots and lots of times and I absolutely love about Pentecost, you can go self-study that and I've given you two wonderful cheat sheets. You can preach it to yourself. He'll help you do it. But this morning I want, because I think he wants, I think he wants, I think he's still saying the same things he said to us through Amos and through Isaiah. Come in. Come in. Come in. Plumb the depths of the indwelling spirit. You have no idea the beauty, the majesty, the horizons that await you if you do. He's got an RSVP. He's got a, sorry, an invitation. He's looking for an RSVP. He has a summons. He's looking for some folks who say yes. Yes. Okay, give me some action steps. Thank you for asking. Here you go. Next slide, please. I'm old enough to remember an ancient cartoon called Johnny Quest. (laughs) What was the name of his dog? I don't remember either. What was the name of his cool cool friend, the South Asian guy? Haji. Haji. I thought it was Raji. You're right. Haji. Anyway, launch a quest. Weigh anchor. Set sail, set the rudder, launch a quest toward knowing Holy Spirit intimately and following Him. Just say yes. Just say yes. Like I said, those handouts are out there. I put a lot of work in them over the years. So what? They're just there for you. There's no more important life investment than invest in training in the Holy Spirit. He's alive, he's well, he's moving, he's readily available, he's more available than he's ever been in history. (laughs) Every Saturday night at 6, we're going to be changing it up over time. may change the start time, but right now, every Saturday at 6, we have a gathering that's expressly for this very purpose. Come. Come. The Holy Spirit upon, the Holy Spirit within. That's what this gathering is all about. Again, like I said earlier, activate the gifts. Cross the chicken line. If you feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to tell something to somebody that's in the aisle in Walmart, just give them that Jesus true love look and just, you know, something just tells me I'm supposed to tell you this. Just do it. I do it all the time. Sometimes I look like a fool. Oh, well, no, I always look like a fool. They they give me that. You got two heads, dude. Look back. But I think it shifts their lives. Activate the gifts. Try. Fail. If you fail, repeat. Now, 
See that purple box back there? It came from Journey Church years ago. It's supposed to be filled with water. It's supposed to be filled with water that's clean and sanitary and um, not unbearably cold. It has a heater. But it sits dry week after week after week after week. I'm trying... I. I think this is from Holy Spirit. I think there's somebody in this room who wants to be on the team. That's the baptism team. There's four baptisms in the Bible. The one we go hard after is the baptism of Holy Spirit. Gifts. Activation of the gifts through baptism. We've seen it time and time again. I want to be baptizing. Yes, it's my goal. I would love to see people, multiple people baptized every week. But it requires, especially in these days, somebody to really pay attention to that. We have towels. We have steps to get in it. We have people who know how to baptize. We have t-shirts. We have shorts. We have everything you'd ever need to be baptized on the spur of the moment except the baptismal. Ready, willing, and able. I'm looking for a team. You don't... You don't have to go through seminary. You don't have to do a thing. Just express an interest in being a part of it. And I'm looking someone for someone to head that team. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, speak to someone in this room who says, yes, I'd like to captain that team. I'd like to coordinate it. And speak to two or three or four others who say, yeah, I'd like to be on that team to keep making sure that thing's always ready. Because we will celebrate and party at each baptism. That's our activation. That's our call to action. I'll close today with a final slide. Yes, I read weird folks. Yes, I read old dead people. (coughs) Because wisdom, the Holy Spirit acts through people. The people who finish well The wood does not change the fire into itself. Nope. But the fire changes the wood into itself. So are we changed into the likeness of God that we shall know him as he is. 700 year old. Just as fresh and new today. I'm on that quest. I can tell you my wife is on that quest, and I know a few more people in this room who've been on that quest, and they're going to amp it up. Just know it. Would you join? Would you set foot on that quest? It matters not. Your experience, your pedigree, your accolades, just your heart. Thank you for coming. We love you. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.